0: Welcome to the Soul Talks Podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. So, welcome to Soul Talks. Uh, This is Bill Galtier, and I am here with my friend, Pastor David Kim, who pastors the Garden Church in the Los Angeles area. And, uh, David, it's great to have you on Soul Talks. Oh, it's an honor and blessing to
1: be on this awesome podcast. I've been so blessed by it, and to be able to share with you
0: is just a great, great uh, privilege. Christian and I have really enjoyed getting to know you and your wife, Sharon, and it was fun to speak at your church a few months ago. And so many things uh, we love about the garden church is even just walking right in the words of Isaiah you will be, will, you will be like a well watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Mm. And like, that is an awesome vision for a church. Mm. Yeah, that uh, the Lord
1: named us, uh, gave us the name, the Garden Church, uh, in 2003. Originally, we were a different name. We were called Westside Oikos, uh, but we were going through, we moved locations and um, joined a new denomination, and so we felt like we needed a new name, and that word actually was spoken uh, by a prophetic uh, pastor, uh, Isaiah 5811. There was a, a couple other uh, confirmations. But it's such a beautiful picture of a church, right? It's such a biblical image of a garden and um, just well water garden.
0: That's what our prayer for our community is. So, David, when that verse was spoken to you relating to your church and and mission, you just received that as from the Lord and and an encouragement that, hey, this this is these are the words. This is the theme, the spirit for us to uh, lead this church.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, You know, the the commission, that first commission given to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply in the garden. And so our prayer is that it would be a place of fruitfulness uh, for everyone who comes. And it would also be a place of intimacy, you know, with uh, connection with God and with one another as it was in the original garden.
0: Yeah, and, and you and Sharon co-pastor of the church, which is one of the other things that Christian and I just love about the Garden Church is you've got that male-female leadership to minister to your people and community. Yeah, that's why we loved having you and your wife,
1: Christy, coming. Uh, we've been a team since the very beginning. We planted the church 25 years ago, and uh, we're like peanut butter and jelly, and, uh,
0: just <laughs> like you and awesome. Christy. <laughs> yeah that's so fun and so uh then now we've been in this time of coronavirus and quarantining now for a couple of months and been counting and uh it was so encouraging to get the news report i think it was channel five in los angeles did on you and sharon in the garden church and how you have been ministering to people through poetry and this is really touching the hearts of your people of course you're in the situation like uh Uh, most of our churches still are, where we're doing our meetings online, and there are challenges with that, but there are also opportunities, and you you found an opportunity uh, in using poetry as part of your services. Yeah, so there's a little backstory to that.
1: Um, Goes back to, I think, when I was in high school, uh, I really was into rap music, uh, you know, when it first came out, like Run DMC and some of the original. So I was I, was, I did some rapping uh, in high school. Yeah. wasn't wasn't a professional, but I always liked rhyming, and that's been with me over the years. Mm. And um, and then I recently turned fifty uh, last year, and the Lord really put on my heart that the second half of my life, uh, He wanted me to focus on uh, one a new aspect of ministry, which was uh, writing poems and writing songs. And this was before the coronavirus, and so I, I clearly sensed it was from the Lord, a call to just a new, new avenue. And so at the beginning of the year, uh, in the 2020, before the pandemic, I sensed a challenge, a challenge to write one poem a week, and that was mm-hmm. a real stretch, but I decided to start doing that. So I wrote a few poems in the beginning of the year, and then the coronavirus broke out, and that's when just I feel like the Lord unleashed a spirit of creativity was waking me up in the middle of the night, and I was almost writing a poem a day. So in the in this time of the coronavirus, I think I've written like 60 poems and just uh, trying to encourage our people because people are going through such a difficult, stressful, anxiety-filled time with this coronavirus, the stay-at-home orders. So uh, it just kind of naturally, uh, it was given birth a while back, a couple years ago, and even before that.
0: And then it's just kind of blossomed in this time of the coronavirus. Yeah, you've just been prolific with these prayer poems. And uh, so like one of the ones that you did recently that you shared with me, uh, worse than coronavirus, it has to yeah. do with this just awful racist incident that happened a bit ago. Could you tell us about that? You know, hearing the news report yeah, I, and how it affected you and how that led to you praying yeah. and then writing this poem. Yeah, so I mean, I think uh, I
1: was heartbroken, and as many many across the country were heartbroken over the, uh, you know, Ahmed Arbery uh, murder, the racist murder. Yeah. And you know, in this day and age, that we're still facing this type of racism is such a tragedy. Mm -hmm. And so, just it was kind of a a, the Lord gave me this poem as just a way of grieving uh, over over the situation. At the same time, you know, a, a kind of like a lament prayer, um, just asking for the Lord to intervene because it, it really will take the Lord's intervention to uh, change people's hearts regarding mm-hmm. racism. And uh, so it was kind of a therapeutic uh, poem, and hopefully was an encouragement
0: to others. Yeah, and so it, it really um, well. Maybe why don't you share that poem with us? Okay, this poem is called "Worse Than Coronavirus."
1: God, our father, something's wrong. Why does justice take so long? Precious brother killed in cold blood while he's running in neighborhood. Worse than Corona is this scourge, disease of racism we must purge. We all must stand and be outraged to not stand silent or stay backstage. Help us, Lord, to live as one,
0: to fight for justice till love has won. Mm. Mm. Yes, Lord, that's exactly what we pray for, that your love would win and would melt our hearts, brother to brother, Mm. different races, different ethnic groups, different people, different uh, political parties, different nations, God, that Mm. we would view each other with your eyes of compassion and treat each Mm. other with dignity, that you would protect innocent Mm. people, Lord. And uh, just thank you for this this poem and David's heart Mm. in this in Jesus name amen. amen yeah so this is an example where your own personal like soul therapy and prayers is being shared with the people mm-hmm. in your church and community mm-hmm. and it's reaching them mm-hmm. you're just overflowing with what god's stirring in you and your your response of grief and prayer yes Yeah, it's coming from an authentic place, you know, just as I
1: process with the Lord. And then, you know, we're all share that humanity. So I think other people can find places of connection and uh, the spirit can really minister to people in the same way that I've been ministered to.
0: Yeah. So that authenticity, uh, David, that you're. Um, modeling for us here in these poems. And I've known to be true of you through Mm -hmm. my relationship with you and Mm -hmm. our shared experience in the soul shepherding Institute and Mm -hmm. being with you and Sharon at the garden church. You're, you're someone that that lives this way all the time. You live in a place of vulnerability before the Lord and your, your, your friends, your, your support circle. And you, then you minister out of that. You minister Mm -hmm. with authenticity to people so that they I mean, you've been honest about your your story of Mm -hmm. um, with depression and overcoming some issues of that in your history. And and, and it's just so encouraging for people who know you and hear you to Mm. see that in in your following of Jesus is not just something that's idealistic or ideas or principles. But it's, it's in your life and it's worked through areas of of pain and brokenness. Yeah, uh, that is why I'm
1: really, really thankful for uh, soul shepherding and the ministry of you and Christy, um, just to share a little bit about uh, some of the recent journey. Um, so in November 2016, um, I went through uh, my aorta. I had an aortic dissection and rupture. My aorta actually ruptured. And um, when and your aorta ruptures, you had less than 10% survive that. But by a miracle of God uh, and through the hands of skillful uh, heart surgeon, uh, emergency open heart surgery, um, God spared my life. And so that was November of 2016. And I was just thanking God because I knew that um, he saved my life. Even all the doctors who are not true believers in God or had nominal believers, they, they, they said, God loves you, my friend. They knew that it was not uh, just an accident that I was saved. So coming out of that, I was really grateful, you know, because I knew unmistakably that God saved my life. But I went through some depression after that because um, I didn't feel the same, you know, physically uh, after going through such trauma, uh, I just felt my energy level was low and I really struggled. I struggled mm-hmm. um, in ministry. I think I came back a little bit early and um, had a real tough time uh, with preaching every week. And um, started losing my confidence and um, just started spiraling. And I was confused because I knew God saved me, but I just felt like, oh my gosh, but I'm I'm, I'm immobilized. Mm -hmm. So it it got worse and worse uh, to the point where uh, at the end of 2017, which is about a year after, uh, I thought I was done with ministry. And I was really sad because I had been doing ministry for over 20 years. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I just felt like it was kind of like I was a surgeon who couldn't perform surgery anymore Hmm. or a doctor who couldn't practice medicine. So I was really down and, uh, but also thankful, you know, knowing for sure that God saved my life. So I wasn't like, uh, you know, I, I knew that, but I was just confused. And then by God's sovereign, uh, intervention we uh, got connected with you and christy and my wife actually was through her website and my friend uh another pastor had been part of your ministry or attending your ministry but i I didn't uh make the connection in terms of my wife found this retreat by the soul shepherding uh, institute that was happening in january and i'm really so thankful for my wife and her support you know she just wanted to find help in any way and if i was going to you know, leave the ministry then to do something else. She was supportive. She was just thankful that I was alive. And so we went to that in January and it was uh, down in Orange County. And I remember, and I was open, you know, with all the people there. It was such a warm environment, uh, just a safe place, sharing how I was depressed, but also thankful that I was alive and uh, just really open to whatever the Lord had. I, I really was thankful for the opportunity and was really encouraged by, you know, the words that you and Christy were sharing every day about empathy and about just ministering from a heart level, authenticity, you know, really being open about struggles. And then there was a breakthrough that happened, uh, a, a first breakthrough. And that first breakthrough was um, there were two people in our group in the Social Operating Institute. Uh, one was a pastor, who is a pastor. And another was, I think she was a counselor or a spiritual director. Yeah, And they were both encouraging me personally after I shared, the brother, the pastor shared that just six months prior, he was in uh, the same shape or worse than I was. And I, I was pretty low at that point. And when I saw him, I was shocked because he, he was doing great, filled with the joy of the Lord, hope and strength. And he shared his testimony of how he was really down. He also had some physical challenges that he health issues that he was going through how he came to the Institute, how he saw you as a counselor and uh, how the Lord brought him through. And then another sister shared about how she was totally depressed and now she was doing fine six months later because of Soul Shepherding Institute and the help that she received. So I remember literally when I was hearing this brother's testimony, it's like there was an impartation of hope. Mm. And even though I didn't feel better right away, in, in my spirit, something went in and it was like, God, if you did it for him, you could do it for me. Yeah, that's so good. Because I'm seeing him and he's fine and I'm seeing myself and I'm not fine. But uh, Lord, and I just began to pray that. And again, there wasn't a change right away, but there was a shift in my outlook. And I think one of the things that you told me to do at that was to write out uh, things that I'm grateful for. And write out how uh, the Lord has tangibly worked in the past. Yeah, and so I started doing that, and slowly um, I started getting air back into my sails. You know, mm. and and then uh, after that, I saw you uh, for counseling, and that was really really helpful. And before I knew it, I think it was uh, Easter, which is April. So that's about three months. Um, it was on Easter uh, weekend that the Lord just lifted the depression supernaturally. Mm. And I, I just felt like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm back, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. and I felt like myself, I just preaching was, you know, flowing again and joy, and but it was a process, you know, every week I was feeling a little better, you know, going down, driving down to Irvine for counseling and I also have a group of brothers that were very helpful um in, in 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 the healing process and our church board was really supportive um so just so thankful and since then that was uh 2018 of april it's been two years and these have been the two best years of ministry mm, uh, out, of, out of 25 years and we've had some good years but i just feel so thankful feel so um you know, I know that it's the Lord, the Lord's mercy, the Lord, you know, I was totally helpless. And I cried out to the Lord and he brought the support and resources through soul shepherding and through other means. And, um, I'm, it's just all gravy. I'm just so thankful for, for life and ministry, the privilege to serve. Yeah. So that's, that's
0: the story. Well, thanks for sharing, David. That's so encouraging. And, uh, of course, I've heard this before, Mm. I'm just so blessed to see the transformation that you've experienced and how this has been a great impact on your marriage and mm. your ministry with the Garden Church. And mm-hmm. so something that just is really uh, just a sign of God's uh, grace and and power to you is that, mm. you know, this transformation that you've experienced, uh, someone just hearing your story might think, oh, OK, this was all about like an intensive counseling process. Mm. And it really started uh, by you and Sharon being in a community with other pastors and leaders that was authentic, yes. and uh, Christ-filled, Spirit-filled, and mm-hmm. there was—it was really a learning community. So it, we, we weren't doing uh, therapy groups; mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we were doing uh, teachings that are discipleship-oriented, soul care-oriented. And then having spiritual direction groups, which is how we do our, our institute retreats. Mm. And everybody in the retreat is uh, serving the Lord in some way, including Mm. a a number of pastors, some are there with a spouse, some not, and then people who are in other ministry roles or even business roles, but their, Mm. their whole purpose in their life is to, to shine the light of Jesus wherever they go and to, Mm. and to live as a disciple and help other people grow closer to the Lord. And so as you're in this community and interacting with different people over meals and uh, lessons and groups, and uh, I mean, in the beginning, you you were just kind of doing everything you could just to sort of be there and be emotionally present and alert because the depression and discouragement were so heavy on you. Mm. But I just slowly watched you just even just physically could see in your body and in your Mm. eyes and certainly Mm. in your your countenance and your your soul, but Mm. just be, be warming up. Mm-hmm. And, and then we, we had some private conversations as you described and just seeing how the Lord met you in that. And you were just so faithful to do the different, uh, homework assignments that I recommended, mm-hmm. you know, the different ways that we prayed together, mm-hmm. other people in your life, like your, your soul care group that mm-hmm. you participate in, that you shared with. And the Lord just kept like rebuilding your soul over those yes. weeks and just, you know, really just over a few month period of time. Yeah. Oh, I'm so thankful for for your ministry.
1: Uh, Some of our leaders have gone uh, as well. But I I just highly recommend just getting away, you know, uh, whatever state you are. I mean, you could be in a great state. It will affect you in a positive way or in a depressed state like I was. Uh, I remember this this coming to my mind. Uh, So when I was really down and I was getting counseling from you, I think one of the things you told me was try skipping. Yeah, And, you know, yeah. I'm, here I am, like, at the end of my rope, but I was walking my dog, and I said, what the heck, I'll just try it. And you cannot skip without smiling. Yeah. I, I realized that. So I was, and I was just laughing that I'm doing this, and I was like, why am I skipping? But all of a sudden, like, when I, I was so down, and yet when I started skipping, I started laughing and smiling. And uh, so I did it several more times. In fact, I, at one of our leaders' retreats, I had all our leaders do it, and we had the greatest time. We were just skipping it's around. around. Yeah. But I mean, that was what an unorthodox thing to prescribe. But yeah. actually, it worked. I mean, again, I wasn't all better right right then and there. I mean, I went back to you know my depressed state after the skipping. But you know, um, it just—it's kind of like it loosened up the dirt in my
0: soul. Yeah, we were teaching your your body, your your brain, and the uh, chemicals in your body to to be happy again. Mm-hmm. And so there's actually some rewiring of neural pathways going on there. And yeah, that's that isn't definitely an orthodox <laughs> sort of exercise for a, a therapist, spiritual director, or a coach to suggest. But it came in the context of all this authentic community. Uh, It came the context of you doing a lot of deep reflecting and sharing uh, verbally and in your journals of stories from your childhood and things that had impacted you over the course of your development. And and we were submitting all this to the Lord as in a process of spiritual reformation. And so yeah, all these things put together and the Lord used that to really revive you and uh reviving the garden of your soul yes and then now you are bearing fruit in in the lord's garden there uh in your church and with your your community and so that it's really come full circle and the lord did that really all the way by easter so it was just a Uh, three or four months there of of a process of learning and relearning and doing a a number of different spiritual formation experiences, some of which, as you said, were were um, maybe out of the box, and then some reflection that goes with sort of a counseling kind of process of working some issues through, some hurts and disappointments, and stressors, and receiving empathy for that, and just mix all that together, and these are different uh, avenues for God's grace to uh, heal and restore you. Yeah, totally.
1: I mean, the context and all the ingredients are important. I mean, I'd probably skipping alone wouldn't have done the trick, but I think it was, you know, part of that whole uh, process uh, the healing process of community, counseling, um, just uh, inner reflection, a recording of the things from the past, of how God has come through. And so they all came together and then in the right timing. Um I think when I was in the midst of it uh, the Lord spoke to me uh, John 15:2 Every tree every branch that bears fruit he prunes so that it'll be more fruitful Yeah and so that's what I was going through it was you know a difficult time
0: but the Lord was pruning away some things that needed to prune so I could depend on him more Yeah the skipping comes from the gospel of John because five different times John says I'm the disciple Jesus loves essentially um, and so th- that's what I've learned to do just for my own, uh, mood and energy and growing apprenticeship to Jesus. I will, I will skip and say, I'm the disciple Jesus loves and, you know, mm. exclaim that even sing that. Mm. And so, uh, that's the power of that. It's, it's the, it's not only the, uh, Im- embodied, mm. uh, joy and, and gratefulness, but it's integrating that with. Uh, and, and intentionality around our discipleship to Jesus, mm. and so your um, your poems are coming out of this garden of your soul that you've been tending to. And uh, so, be- before we close here, let's just talk a little bit more about the poetry because mm. I want all of our listeners to understand that you know you're like a long time experienced pastor, decades of ministry. You've been through seminary. You've got a doctorate degree. I mean, you're like a a very uh, studied, uh, uh, accomplished pastor. You you know, you're a fellow uh, disciple of Jesus through Dallas Willard with me. You've you've done a lot of uh, Dallas Willard readings and studies. And I mean, you're like no slouch here. You've got a a lot of uh, great theology and great thinking, uh, behind your your identity as as a Christ follower and your ministry as a pastor, and yet even with all of that training and all of those abilities, you had some struggles with depression. Particularly, you know, in your case, was the whole nearly dying and, and the whole operation mm-hmm. and recovery was so much a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just think it's important for our listeners to understand mm-hmm. that this experience of your healing from depression and your y- use of, of poetry now in these recent months mm-hmm. for, for your own soul and your pastoral ministry, it comes against a backdrop of someone who is a, a very intentional and earnest student of Jesus.
1: Yeah, well, I think uh, it's all God's grace. you know. I mean, ministry, has, it can really kick the, kick the wind out of you.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, I've, I've, you know, over the 25 years have really felt uh, so inadequate many times, felt like giving up. And yet, you know, I think the Lord uses those things to just create a dependence and also an empathy with others that are struggling, you know, because yeah. that's really what it's about, I think. And that's one of the big things I learned from you and Christy modeling and teaching about empathy. And I think it's in those struggles that are much more uh, effective. Sharing the struggles is much more effective than sharing any kind of like knowledge,
0: you know, that you learn from seminary or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what's so inspiring to me about your story, David, is that you're a wounded healer. Yes. Henry It's Nowen. out of your, yeah. Henry Nowen has popularized that concept for us. And it's so powerful to come out of your, uh, your vulnerabilities your weakness uh your struggles and for all of us mm. yeah it's it's in the wounds i mean we're all
1: wounded every one of us is wounded and when we come to grips with those wounds uh
0: that's i think we experience god's grace in the deepest way so what would you say to our listeners who might be discouraged yes. some of the people listening whether they're professional ministers or serving the lord in some other role um mm-hmm. they we're dealing with discouragement some you know the isolation of the, of the these quarantine days mm-hmm. uh, others have other hurts or issues in their life oh. so your, your story is speaking to us so mm-hmm. now if you could just sort of put that together into what you would want to say or even if you'd want to offer a prayer to the listener yeah, I, I just would hope to be a voice that the, that pastor and spiritual director
1: in the Institute were to me uh, when I was down and I was really down. It wasn't just a minor kind of down, down. It, I was really down point of you know, I wasn't suicidal, but I was definitely at the end of, you know, felt like I was done with ministry and just felt really confused and I had a loss of hope. And when I heard those words, the stories, the testimonies of that brother pastor and the other spiritual director, I was so encouraged. It was like hope was imparted. And my prayer is that right now as you're hearing this, that God will impart to you hope, Um, how God has led me. He doesn't lead everybody in the same way, but he is the God of hope and Mm. he will lead you. And he's led me. I believe he will lead you. And he'll. But our role is to cling to him. I think one of the things that you shared with me was, you know, don't make major decisions while you're down. Yeah. Um, and because, you know, when you're down, you're not in the right mental state to make important decisions. But oftentimes I think that's when we do make those out of desperation, make uh, big decisions that have lasting impacts and consequences. So I didn't, you know, I didn't quit. And, um, God imparted that hope. So I pray, my prayer is that the Lord would impart to you fresh hope right now. Just receive it right now. Mm -hmm. I, I just felt like it was almost something tangible went into me when I was hearing those words. And as Dallas Willard teaches us, the kingdom works by words. Mm -hmm. So the words going forth now that may the Lord impart to you that hope. And then you need to grow that. And do what you need to do, you know, the gratitude exercises, you know, seeing a counselor if necessary, talking with other brothers or sisters in Christ, you know, filling your mind with, uh, you know, whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Philippians 4.8. And then the Lord will breathe on those things. And in his timing, he will bring the hope. And then the cycle will, you will help others and you will impart hope. To others. And to see that vision, even when you're in the midst of a cave, it's life giving and it gives you perspective. It does give you hope that this is not the end, um, that uh, here on this earth and then ultimately in heaven, our future is bright. Our future is very bright. So that's my hope and prayer uh, for all those that are listening. And I'm just so thankful to Bill and Christy, their ministry. Just highly recommend. Um, going to the institute if you can, because I was blessed, and I
0: believe you You would be blessed too. David, thanks so much for your words and for your story. You're really showing us how hope is just really, the, in a way, the most powerful of all the virtues. Faith mm-hmm. and love, Paul tells us, spring from hope.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: really, all that is good begins with, with hope in which we fix our thoughts and our feelings on the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. And we, we have anticipation, That even in a difficult, trying circumstance, even in pain, even in uh, quarantining, coronavirus, financial losses, grief, Mm. disturbing things in our news, like we talked about with the racism, Mm. even being a a, a victim where we're mistreated Mm. in in the midst of all of these things. When we realize that the hand of Jesus is being held out to us and Mm. and there's a smile on his face and he's in the kingdom Mm. of God. There might be tears in his eyes of empathy, Mm -hmm. but that hand is open to welcome us into the Father's world, Mm -hmm. and flowing from there is uh, a lot of nourishment for our souls and our bodies and our relationships, and there are opportunities to come and adventures to come of significance, of great importance Mm -hmm. in serving the Lord. So uh, we thank God for hope. And yes. David, we just thank God for your life and your story. Mm. Uh, and I know that some of our, our listeners have received hope from the Lord through Amen. you, even as you did in our institute. Amen, brother.
1: Yeah, praise God. It's been such a joy uh, to just recount uh, the, how God has worked. And I just give him all the praise and thanks and glory. Thanks so much, David.
0: thing about the Soul Shepherding Institute is you would learn how to do your ministry with Jesus. That it's not just uh, something that you're doing for other people or teaching other people, but we take you into an intimate community with Jesus where together we study God's word, we worship the Lord, and we have conversations where we're unpacking what does discipleship to Jesus really look like in my life context today? And we do that in four different weeks of training. Spiritual formation, spiritual and psychological development, soul care ministry, and relationally healthy leadership. On top of that, you can earn a certificate in spiritual direction ministry. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org.